Hey everyone, it's Hiba. A quick note before we begin, we did some of the interviews for this episode in Arabic, so we produced two versions of this story for you. The one you're listening to now is all in English, with a voice actor who played our main character, word for word from our interviews together. The original version, which is bilingual English and Arabic, you can find on our public podcast channel and website. Flip through to whichever one you would prefer. Ready? Let's get started. I've never been a rebel, spent all my life being good, following rules, studying while my friends are playing the street. For what? To be a doctor. Oh yeah, I had my share of fun, but if I knew things would be like that, I would have probably done things differently. Now it's been more than two long years since the last time I practiced medicine or even had a job. I was a doctor of medicine and general surgery in Ramadi teaching hospital all kind of emergencies and cases. Best times of my life doing what I love the most. But then everything told me to quit. Before ISIS took over my hospital, Iraqi government started bombing it. I think these are clear signs to just leave. I was lucky to escape in the nick of time safely. This was before we lost hope on Iraq and before we got threatened, but that's another story. This was in May 2013. Two years ago, one of our producers, Dana, came across an Instagram account with the name The Refugee 13. And it was this chronicle of a young Iraqi named Ihsan al-Bayati. Okay. All right, Hiba. That is Dana. I'm getting under the covers. My apartment's so empty, it sounds like an echo. So the only place that I can record is underneath my sheets. <laughs> I, by the way, am recording inside of my closet, um, but we can share those glorious details with you later. We have another story we want to share with you today. So Dana is one of our producers. Yeah, so my name is Dana Balut, and two years ago I was working as a journalist in Lebanon looking for fresh ways to cover refugee stories. And I was sifting through Instagram one afternoon on my couch with a cup of coffee, and I typed in the hashtag refugee. The first photo I noticed that had just been posted was from this account, The Refugee 13. And it was photo after photo, almost like a visual diary, of this young guy's journey as a refugee from Ramadi to Dallas, Texas. And it was the kind of detail and behind the scenes of the resettlement process I had never seen before. And as a person, I thought it was fascinating. But as a journalist, I was absolutely skeptical. So I messaged the account and got a name, Ahsan, and a number. And I called him up. Hello? Ahsan? Uh, Hi, how are you? Hi, Alhamdulillah. Can you hear me okay? Uh, I'm uh, yes, yes, I can hear you. Um, thanks so much for Today, we want you to join us on a journey. The journey from Ramadi to Amman to Dallas, Texas, chronicled through the eyes and phone of a young doctor, Ihsan. My name is Hiba Fisher, and you're listening to Kerning Cultures, a podcast dissecting the complex narratives of the Middle East through stories. And one story that always kind of captures my imagination. The streets lost culture. And you're listening to Kerning Cultures. 
And today's story is brought to us by producer Dana Balut. So over the course of two years, I spoke with Ihsan a few times, all through WhatsApp calls. On January 2012, I started working at uh, the Ramadi Hospital. Uh, the situation then was okay. There was always fear around the areas of Ramadi and Fallujah, Sunni areas with armed groups. But the situation was normal and calm. So, before I stopped working there, I'm sure you've heard of the demonstrations in Ramadi. Uh, they were peaceful demonstrations that were taking place about a kilometer from where I worked, and there were no problems with the demonstrations. Quite the opposite. People would come in sick with stomach illnesses, food poisoning, very simple things. But then things slowly started getting worse. My father left his job and then I left my job because armed men became more prevalent, openly walking around the city. The hospital didn't have security. There was one time a person came into the emergency room wearing a suicide belt while I was there. So it's just not worth it. As the situation progressively worsened around them, Ahsan and his family decided to leave Iraq. In that same year, over 100,000 refugees from Iraq made similar decisions, the majority citing the rise of the Islamic State group, or ISIS as we know it, as their reason for leaving. Today, more than 3 million Iraqis have been displaced inside the country since the start of 2014. And more than a quarter of a million are refugees in other countries, like Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, and Germany. For Hassan and his family, they chose Jordan because they had friends who lived there. I was the first of my family to arrive to Amman. I arrived on September 19, 2013, Two days later, my brother and his wife arrived, and then two days after that, my parents and the rest of the family. Since September 25th, 2013, we were all there in Amman. On October 1st, we applied for asylum at the UN Refugee Council. Yani, do you ask to be assigned? Do you ask to be assigned to the US, or do they choose you? No, you don't get to pick which country you want. But for some people, they may say, we are going to give you, for example, Canada. Then they can respond, I don't want Canada, I want America. You can say that. You can say you don't want this country and want another country. But if you do that, then you don't know how long you're prolonging the resettlement. It may delay you a year or two. The first interview we did was called an informational interview. Then another interview on determining refugee status. I think they call it uh, status determination. So that's two. Then we were waiting a long time, so our papers got expired. So we had a renewal interview. That's three interviews. Then the fourth interview is uh, the nationalization interview. In this interview, they told us the US chose you. Now, wait until you get an interview with the International Organization of Migration, or IOM. So, yeah, that's four. Then we did another renewal interview. That's five. Then our IOM interview, <laughs> that's six. Then uh, the U.S. Homeland Security interview. So we did seven interviews. These seven interviews took around two years. And they were mostly with the UN Refugee Council, or UNHCR, and the International Organization of Migration, IOM. Uh, 
They always happen with the entire family there. Interviews can take between an hour to all day. Sometimes they're interviewed as a family and sometimes one-on-one. And Ihsan told me that between them all, it was a waiting game. Waiting for the call to determine when the next interview was or where he and his family would have to go next. I mean, if I were you, I would feel like I always wanted my phone next to me because if it rings, it could be the UN or something about my life. Exactly. Our phones are always with us. It's like a running joke among people. If they see a guy carrying his phone with him all the time, they will say, what are you waiting for, a call from the UN? So our phones are always with us 24-7, fully charged and close by in case someone calls. This waiting lasted between late 2014 and 2016, during which time Ehsan couldn't work locally because his medical license didn't translate in Jordan, and also as a refugee, he wasn't allowed to work. He went from being a doctor in Ramadi to being unemployed, living off his and his parents' savings, preparing for an uncertain future, and really just trying so hard to keep his spirits up. We know several people who applied for asylum. A week will go by and uh, you're depressed and don't want to talk to anyone. Then another week goes by and you're normal or not thinking about your situation. Then another week goes by and you're depressed again and don't want to talk to anyone. So it's not easy at all. Sometimes people come to visit and I think now I have to go out and spend money and I don't want to spend money. And then... So, next to the apartment that we were renting, I found these soccer fields. And I play soccer a lot. So, we used to play soccer once or twice a week. And I would study because I wanted to take the US medical licensing exam. So, when they told me we got the US, I was so relieved. So, Ihsan, his two brothers, Mazen and Samir, his sister-in-law, baby niece Juju, and parents, knew they would be resettled to the United States. And it was just a matter of time when they would get on a plane for Dallas. In the meantime, the U.S. Homeland Security required certain procedures, like with this Instagram post on December 1st, 2015. It's a photo of four pink pills in the palm of his hand, and below he wrote, The Pills. At last, we managed to get these. They took our weight and blood pressure. We're coming here tomorrow for the second dose. Uh, They turned out to be anti-worms, to clear your gut or something. As a doctor, I know them. One of them is called Ivermectin, and the other is called Albendazole. So, it's if you have some worms, not you, uh, I mean the refugees, I think it's so you don't spread diseases, that's why. They don't really spread diseases, that's why. Or these American cultural orientation classes that his family needed to go through. Uh, The first day was about the US, how many states, the federal system, things that I already know. Second day was about work. Things like, who will find work for you? If you don't speak English, that doesn't mean you can't learn it. How to blend in. And in general, how to be a productive part of the society. It teaches you about social security, how to apply for it, how to get a lease for rent. It tells you about Medicaid, health insurance and food stamps. These kinds of essentials, the ABCs, that you may need in your travel. 
Nearly two years after Ahsan and his family first applied for asylum from Amman, they're given plane tickets to the U.S. And by the way, they're expected to repay the cost of those tickets to the U.S. government. So you first land in New York. What happens in New York? Well, when we first landed in New York, we were greeted by IOM workers. So when we get to the airport, we all go into a room. We all sign papers confirming that you have arrived and received the list of things. Then they take your fingerprints and a picture of your face. And and then we go into a different line than the regular travelers because we have more paperwork than they do. Once we were done, they led us to the plane that will take us to our final destination. We are going to Dallas. So we take the Dallas plane. Others went to Chicago, some to Portland. There were several places. From New York, they flew to Dallas. Hassan posted a picture on December 4th, 2015, of long airport lines and his brother and niece Juju sleeping on an airport bench. He wrote, the journey worthy. It was approximately a 30 hour trip from Amman to Cairo, NYC, then Dallas. Would have been a nice journey if my family didn't bring too many bags. I had a back muscle sprain and I'm now moving like a snail or a sloth. Well, I'm not naturally a grumpy person. I'm usually happy that when I first got to Dallas, I was really grumpy because my family had too many handbags. They were within the limits, but used the limit to the max and all the bags I had to carry. So I got here annoyed and not my usual self. After two days, I left the house and the area was very nice. It exceeded my expectations. People were really friendly, so I slowly started to get happier. Then, because I'm the best at English in the family, all the errands fell on me. <laughs> go do this, go do that. I was pretty busy, but today is the first day I have more time. Imagine that from the first day we got here until today, I've only showered once. Imagine how busy I was. I didn't even have time to shower. That conversation, which was our first of several, happened four days after he arrived to Dallas. As someone from the Middle East coming to America, people tell you, oh, that state is like this, or that state has racism, or this state has Islamophobia. You're gonna go there and there's gonna be discrimination. Don't walk at night because some gang may do something to you. You know, these type of things. Too many movies, too many action movies affect people a bit. But up until now, I'm very happy. Even my parents are a little surprised with the hospitality. You know this southern hospitality that people talk about? Up until now, we were enjoying it. On December 6, 2015, Ahsan posted a photo of a lake in what looks like a residential area. He wrote, I'm going to be a superstar here, just need to settle. So I continued to follow him on Instagram seeing what kind of superstar he might become. And we messaged a couple times, uh, here and there, checking in. I watched as he took his love for soccer, that antidote for his depression, Amman, to Dallas. And this time it was to make new friends. Eight months later, we spoke again briefly, and honestly, he sounded a bit tired, not as enthusiastic as he once was, mainly because he'd been studying so long for his U.S. medical licensing exams. <laughs> I'm good, alhamdulillah. How are you? 
والله ما بعرف كيف حالي انا بدي انتظر I don't know how I am I need to wait for my exam results to know how I am When do the results come out? Between four to six weeks. Seriously, if. You've been there now for eight months. Last time we spoke, you'd been there for only a few days. Tell me about your life. In the beginning, we were busy with paperwork and logistics. Life here as a system is so different than Jordan or Iraq in terms of the laws, etc. I was registering my family and parents with this organization and that organization and then applied for social security for them. So for the first month, I didn't see anything of America. Seriously, it was just going between social security department and the international rescue committee. So really, I didn't see anything. On top of that, I was so worried about medical licensing exam to the extent that if I did go out for fun, I would feel guilty thinking that why am I having fun? I should be studying now. Imagine I've been here for eight months and our area is only 10 minutes away from downtown Dallas, which is a really nice area and I haven't seen it yet. Eight months into his resettlement to Dallas, Hassan was worn down, head deep in his books preparing for his exams and working at Chipotle. Dallas was so different from the world he came from. We hung up and I felt sad that he was working so hard and wasn't getting to enjoy his new home the way I thought he should be. Ihsan stopped posting on Instagram as often and him and I lost touch for a while. And then, in wanting to check in, I called him again. This time, Ihsan chose to speak in English, so we're gonna say goodbye to our voice actor. It was two years and three months since he first arrived to Dallas and since we had first spoken. He caught me so off guard. I'll let you listen to the difference in his voice. It's been a long time. Are you, are you doing like a follow-up on what you've, what you've done earlier? Yeah, yeah. Like... yeah, I'm doing a follow-up. Oh, because... oh, okay, I think people will be like, oh, what a prick. He, he spent two years in the States and now he's talking all English. <laughs> So I did not think Ahsan was a prick for speaking in English. But I was thinking, who is this guy? He started to fill me in on the past year. He spent his time studying for his medical exams, playing soccer, and working. Okay, so what's changed now? Uh, so yeah, now I'm working at P.F. Chang's. It's a Chinese, Japanese, like Asian restaurant. I'm working as a server slash bartender thing. Although I don't drink, which people find very weird because they asked me about the drink. I was like, well, I don't drink, honestly. But that, honestly, that gets my sales even higher because uh, <laughs> I had to try all the drinks and I hated all of them except one. I was like, eh, it's okay. Which one? And then when it, uh, it's a Mai Tai, I would say it's one of the expensive drinks we have. They find me credible because I tell them upfront I hate everything and I just like this one. So they take this one. <laughs> it works. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I talk about a lot of stuff. Like they always ask me, where are you from? And I tell them to guess and that just sparks some conversation. And then when I tell them I'm from Iraq, they ask me, what's brought you here? And your English is good. And that leads to me telling them, well, I was in in university and so in English and they asked me what kind of university and I was like I'm a doctor and they find all that kind of like a weird experience oh our server is a doctor a lot of my friends who were have kind of the same background 
and they were doctors and they, they came here, they find every job that is not in the medical field to be you know beneath them. They go like, oh no, I'm a doctor, I don't do that. So for me, I'm working as a bartender server and I get like some nights $40 per hour. But one thing that I have picked up uh, is that I really don't see it as degrading or beneath me to do whatever job there is, as long as it's legal and I keep my you know moral code intact. So it's going to be super fun when I'm finally in a doctor and I start remembering these days. I'm like, I worked at PF Chang's, I worked for Chipotle, I did some tutoring, I did all that in the meantime just to get some money. It's just some extra skills. Now I know what shiitake mushrooms are. I wouldn't never know that if I didn't work in PF Chang's. So. I'm still in Dallas for now okay. and I'm going to move to Buffalo, New York. I'm still pursuing my you know, career as a doctor here. And I'm almost done with all the, you know, certification and uh, validation of my degree from Iraq. My very good friend from Iraq, he is there in Buffalo and he told me I should try to get unpaid observership or research because that's what another guy did. So when it comes the time to apply, they will already know me. So I am trying to do that. So I'm just going to go to Buffalo and then when it's going to be September, I'm going to apply. Hopefully, I will be a doctor starting next year. It's incredible. I mean, you moved to a new country and you... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, as a story for a refugee, yeah, I think I'm, I'm doing good. Now I'm more open. Um, that's one of the best things I picked up. And do you say my English is better? So that's cool, too. <laughs> I, I know how to curse in Spanish, if that counts. <laughs> Where did you learn that? Uh, from my team. They kept calling me some names and I thought it's just a word for you know hey pass the ball and then every time they call me something I go back and google it and it's a bad word and I was like you've been calling me bad words for like a month and they're like yeah we call each other bad words I'm like okay I guess I learned them now so it's very satisfying when you say it are you dating in Dallas are American girls just falling at your knees Girls really find me handsome. I think it's because I'm Middle Eastern, so it's like not the norm here because everyone is white or black or Mexican. That's it. One, two, three options. So I really don't want to date anyone, and I think they found that attractive too because <laughs> I swear to God, like when I meet someone and I go like, honestly, I have no intention to go into a relationship. I, do, I even don't want friends with benefit. I have, I have no intention to do any of that and they think oh my god he's the coolest guy <laughs> or, or something I'm gay like it's one of the uh, the two I'm, I'm curious actually because you live in Texas like have you at all experienced any kind of racism or tension it was our first week that was the only time it happened we were walking in this I mean I didn't see it but my younger brother was there he was like somebody flipped them the finger in the street because he was walking with my mom and my mom was hijab. My brother said I flipped him back, but you know, uh, not the coolest thing. I mean, people always, when they hear that I'm from Iraq and they like, they try to get me go to church, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. And they still like, okay, have you, do you, do you want to find Jesus? I'm like, uh. do you ever think about going back to Iraq? Um, or is this Khalas your home? I mean, permanently, not at all. I will not go to Iraq. Like, I have literally zero will to go back to Iraq and live there. 
I if I wanted to go back to Iraq, it's because I have my friends, this guy I have to see. I like I've spent all my childhood with family. I need to visit falafel, the Iraqi falafel. I really miss that so bad. And they the the Iraqi restaurants here in Dallas, they are the worst. Like I've never put a bad review or a good review on Yelp or Google about anything except the Iraqi restaurant that was here. And I put one star. So, you know, it's like a checklist I want to do every couple of years. I want to go once, do the checklist again and come back here. Like, I don't want to live there. I guess, what, what does it mean to you to be an American? In America. Yeah. What it feel like to be in America is like, mostly I feel it when other people tell me, like my father, he went to Iraq and he came back and he was telling me, how were we able to to live there with all that chaos going on like but right now i mean living in america is very i mean you can do whatever you want you can be the worst person you want or you can be the best person you want and either way you have the means you need to do that available right in front of you for me i mean i think that is the best thing in america like right now i i'm waiting to work as a doctor so i needed some money and i applied at, as a bartender who I have literally zero experience at, like I haven't even drunk before. But I still, they just saw that I would learn fast and I'm the number one bartender server for the past 10 weeks. My brother really likes coaching soccer, so he downloaded an app for coaches and now he's coaching kids. Uh, so whatever you want to do, you can do it here. Uh, I mean, the best scenario is that I'm going to be a neurologist. I mean, definitely sub subspeciality in internal medicine. Uh, very, very athletic two kids. I mean, I don't care if they're uh, boys or girl. My wife should be very hot and smart and cool and puts very little makeup and has a normal nose without a nose job. That's my life should be. <laughs> I love the specifics. I mean, honestly, if I don't become a doctor eventually, your whole piece will just be rubbish, honestly. It's, it's going to be a story of someone who was successful and his life went down. But if, if I true. make it as a doctor again, that's going to be cool. I know. Then we can like do an update on the story and it's going to be great. But the next time we talk, it's like it happened. The good stuff yes. it happened. So. It's already happened. You've already done so much. Hopefully. Hassan stopped blogging on The Refugee 13, mostly, he said, because his other life took over. The one that wasn't about getting resettled, but about being settled, studying and working hard to get to where he wants to be. He is, however, happy to start blogging again if he gets more followers. So here's my shout out to get on Instagram and follow at The Refugee 13. On a personal note, we want to thank everyone that works or has worked for organizations like UNHCR, IRC, IOM, smaller NGOs, the caseworkers across the country who help people like Ahsan and his family get settled in the U.S. And to neighbors across cities in America, from Dallas to Portland to Cleveland, that have welcomed refugees from across the world in their neighborhood. Thank you. This episode was produced by Dana Balutz and myself, Hiba Fisher, with sound design by Mohamed Khrezat. And a huge thank you to Fadi Geras for playing the parts of Ehsan in our English version of this story and on such short notice. You're the best. 
As always, if you like what you heard here today, please take a quick second and rate us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, SoundCloud, whichever podcast player you use. It really helps boost our rankings so that other listeners can find out about us. Until next time, 